Welcome to Groundwater Canada, the podcast, where we talk about issues of interest to the groundwater industry. Groundwater Canada is a national trade publication for water well, geotechnical and environmental drillers, pump installers, scientists, engineers, product suppliers, and others whose work relates to groundwater. Welcome to Groundwater Canada's inaugural Women in Groundwater podcast. My name is Mike Jiggins, editor of Groundwater Canada. This past spring, we solicited nominations from the industry to recognize some of the leading women in this profession. The response was overwhelming, and we thank those who took the time to nominate the many deserving women who have made notable careers in the groundwater industry. Groundwater Canada wishes to thank M. Beauregard Drilling Equipment and Heron Instruments for their sponsorship of this program. Our panel of judges selected four women from among the long list of nominees, and in this and three subsequent podcasts, we'll hear from each of them. In this first episode, we'll hear from Carol Lutmer, Program Manager for Nelson, B.C.-based Living Lakes Canada. In future episodes, we'll hear from Lisa McLeod, Co-Owner and Office Manager of McLeod Waterwells in Strathroy, Ontario, Norma Thompson, Owner of Thompson Well Drilling and Geothermal in Kensington, P.E.I., and Danny Now Jancy, a driller in training with geo-environmental drilling in Milton, Ontario. Their stories appeared in print in our fall issue. The story also appears in its unedited version on our website at www.groundwatercanada.com. Before we hear Carol's story, let's listen to the following messages from our sponsors. Beauregard Equipment is a proud sponsor of Groundwater Canada's Women in Groundwater promotion, Congratulations to the four selected honorees. We're based in Quebec and are dealers of SRAM, NUMA and Johnson Screens equipment. We will be happy to assist you with all your well drilling needs. Contact us for new and used equipment, parts, repairs and advice. Heron Instruments is one of the largest manufacturers of groundwater instrumentation in North America and located right here in Canada. Warm wishes from Heron Instruments and staff to the women featured in this podcast series. Heron equipment is widely used in multiple industry sectors where water management is required, including water well drilling, environmental engineering, and mining, to name a few. We sell and ship our products to more than 80 countries around the world. Watch for our new 2023 Heron product catalog coming soon. How did you become involved with Living Lakes Canada? Well, I had um, my background is in engineering and geography. And I had, I'm actually, I grew up in Ontario, uh, went to the University of Guelph, um, was doing a lot of work with the Royal Military College on cleaning up contaminated sites in the Arctic, lots of work with Inuit. Um, And I had moved west to the interior of BC. um, And there was an opportunity with Living Lakes Canada to work on their developing their community-based groundwater monitoring program. And for me, it was a really unique opportunity to shift away from cleaning up some of the messes that we had created, like contaminated sites, and working on protecting our natural resources. So I just felt I really wanted to do that shift. Um, And in my work in contaminated sites, I'd also done a lot of um, work with communities, a lot with Inuit um, on the Labrador coast. And for me, I was at a point um, in my career where I really wanted to connect the science with communities and the people. So it was an opportunity 
um, working on developing the groundwater monitoring program for Living Lakes was I could do both. I could work on trying to understand scientifically challenging questions while also working um, with communities. Was there anything else that inspired you to enter this profession? Yeah, well, I um, I was really curious. Um, I I have a curious personality, and I would say that it was the two things kind of came together at the same time. The the opportunity to understand scientifically challenging questions. So I had done work on, um, you know, we had done work looking at movement of groundwater around um, landfill sites. And so I had had a bit of a history in that and then thought, well, you know, now what, what can we do in the community to protect groundwater? So there was, yeah, I guess just a combination of both. Also living in a small community, there aren't, there aren't big job opportunities if you want to stay home. <laughs> so yeah, living in, um, you know, living in, I live in Invermere, which is a really small town. So there, there aren't, there aren't a lot of job opportunities. So what would you say are your biggest contributions to Living Lakes Canada? Mm, probably, um, working to collaborate across sectors. So, so often within government, academia, consulting, um, we often work in silos. And the opportunity of all of the work that Living Lake's doing is, is trying to collaborate and break down those silos um, and, and allow, you know, through their community-based monitoring programs, allow the, the Indigenous and local communities to really um, start to understand their natural resources in a way that academia and industry um, look, at na- look at natural resources. What challenges have you experienced in developing this program? I think the biggest thing is that we um, are collecting data that's going to be useful in the future. And so getting long-term sustained funding um, is, is definitely a big challenge. It's not, um, often funders don't want to fund long-term, um, long-term projects. Um, so that um, ongoing funding, uh, I think, is probably one of the biggest challenges. How would you assess the way you've been treated by men over the years, since this is such a male-dominated industry? Oh, fantastic. I mean, I think the well drillers, you know, working with the well drillers and the pump installers, I've had um, nothing but positive interactions, I would say. Um, The BC Groundwater Association has done a fantastic job of being inclusive um, to diversity um, in the workplace, and I think their efforts have, have really shown and come across on the ground. What challenges do you foresee for the groundwater industry moving forward? Well, I think that, um, you know, groundwater is of growing importance. Um, I think we're seeing, um, especially in rural areas like the interior of British Columbia, where many homes are on um, private wells, or they may even have a surface water license. And I think we're seeing an increased interest in 
um, the general public wanting to understand if their water supplies are secure, um, really understanding what are the impacts of climate change going to be on our water supplies, both in terms of um, water for use for people and the importance of, of water for contributions to rivers and streams. Um, out here on, in the West, there's a huge focus on salmon and salmon restoration. And really, there's a huge um, knowledge gap in understanding the importance of groundwater um, to surface water streams and maintaining those fish, that fish habitat. Um, so I see there's um, definitely some um, big uh, opportunities to learn more about this, you know, unseen resource that is underground and we don't normally pay attention to. Um, there's a big opportunity now to, to pay attention to it and figure out how can we manage it um, effectively into the future. I think too that um, the with the new um, Water Sustainability Act in BC that is now groundwater and surface water are now managed under the same paradigm or conjunctively. So I think there are huge opportunities to um, you know, across all sectors to figure out how to collaborate to better understand what's going on with our water supplies in a changing climate in order to manage them better. What advice would you give to women who might consider a career in the groundwater industry? Um, that there, it's an amazingly interesting field. Um, there are tons of opportunities in, um, you know, whether you want to be working as a driller, a pump installer, a water supply system operator, in technology, government, policy, um, researcher, in environmental consulting. So I wouldn't say there's one, um, there's a lot of different types of jobs within the industry. And I think that given the importance of groundwater and that you know, given climate change, we think that surface supplies, water supplies are going to become less reliable. There's going to be more of a reliance on groundwater. I think we're going to see this industry just continue to grow and for there to be really interesting um, opportunities in technology, data collection, um, you know, incorporation of traditional knowledge, we're at a point where we need kind of all hands on deck to figure out how to how to manage water so it's going to be there in perpetuity for future generations right so there's um yeah i think a lot of young people who want to get into the natural resource sector they think instantly of forestry or fisheries or wildlife um but hydrogeology um you know is really it's unseen that water, but it's important for all those other things, wildlife, fisheries and forestry. So I think we're seeing a breakdown of those silos and there's um, there's a lot of opportunity. Do you have any final thoughts? I think the, um, you know, the BC Groundwater Association has done a, a great job of, yeah, just trying to make those links between the drillers and the consultants and government and um you know, there's just so many different 
um, uh, I guess, opportunities or hands, mm -hmm. hands kind of working on their piece. And I think what Living Lakes is trying to do is break down those silos um, and collect data in a cost-effective way and incorporate traditional knowledge and, and try and figure out, because there's no way, you know, a government could fund um, all the data that's needed on all the individual aquifers, especially in a, in a region like ours where the aquifers are small and fragmented, right? And they all depend on the local climate and geology and topography. So there's, and we're seeing, you know, we get a lot of calls from homeowners saying, is my well going to go dry? And I'm like, ah, I don't have the answer, but we're going to try and figure it out, right? We ran a, a webinar. We didn't even advertise it that widely, just around Invermere. And I think we had 40 citizens representing, like, you know, citizens, local government, um, provincial government, you know, all interested. And there just isn't always enough resources to go towards sharing information. Um, and in this information age, there's, there is information out there. We just need to somehow collect it and share it in a, in an effective way. And that's, that's what Living Lakes is trying to do with its larger, um, they're, they call it a water monitoring framework and water hub. So what they're trying to do is collect not just groundwater data, but climate and water data in general and make it publicly available to you know, any, anyone, indigenous groups, um, communities, water supply system operators, researchers, government, um, because so often that if there is data collected, there's often little funding to, to share it beyond the scope of the project, right? Like if it's a research project or a consulting um, a consultant may do some research for a particular water budget or a study, and then those data just sit in a, in a report somewhere. So there's, I think there's really, there are really big opportunities to share data in a more effective way. I think in, you know, when you, for young professionals or, you know, young people growing up, they know they can become like a, an electrician or a plumber or but there isn't really that in the colleges and stuff this idea of oh you could become a well driller you know a certified trade and that I think one of the challenges is the equipment to um, to run a drilling company is quite expensive so it's a huge capital cost um, in the beginning to get started right so you're competing competing against others um, uh, certified trade, um, certified trades. But what I found in the drillers that I've worked with is that they are so knowledgeable and have such a wide range of skills that it's, um, you know, it's, they really take pride in their, in their work. And everyone who I've worked with have gone like above and beyond in terms of customer service. And so I feel like it's a very proud industry in terms of, um, you know, the work that they do. Even in terms of like, I don't know what it's like in Ontario, but in BC, like the well drillers have to submit reports of all the, um, 
you know, all the wells that they drill and it goes into a provincial database. And that database is so important for researchers and government and um, management of water, right? And, and it's some of the best information we have about the lithology and what the surface layers are like um, is those drill records from the drillers. So there, you know, there's huge opportunities for them to be more recognized for the work that they do. That was Carol Lutmer, Program Manager for Living Lakes Canada. In our next episode, we'll hear from Lisa McLeod, co-owner and office manager of McLeod Water Wells. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Groundwater Canada, the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others in the industry and let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes.